is Kenya, and welcome to my Magical Cottage Core Life. Another day, another slow cooker recipe, but this time, no meat. I told you we wouldn't do that. And as for the meat eaters, you'll enjoy this recipe too. Don't worry, we're not only going to do vegetarian or only meat recipes. We will continue to be inclusive in all of the, the ways we do our show, but we'll meet again. Get it? Meet, M-E-E, is a homonym. It's, it is a homonym. Oh, oh I, I thought it was funny. All right, so now that we've got the mom joke out of the way, unroll your eyes and use them to look for and find, and then open up your big book of stuff, because today we're going to do a pumpkin recipe. I love pumpkin. Oh yeah, because today we're going to talk about how to use that slow cooker to make pumpkin in piloncillo. Let's get started. is to make everything pumpkin spice. There is pumpkin spice latte, pumpkin spice coffee, pumpkin spice muffins, pumpkin spice cakes. I even hear that there's probably gonna eventually be a pumpkin spice lip gloss. Well as for me, I wouldn't mind a pumpkin spice liniment because I have rheumatism, but I probably add some cayenne to it. But that's neither here nor there, right? So, and for those using this podcast for English learning, and I do know that some of you are, hey now, what up though from Detroit? Um, I'm not supposed to say that. My dad, my, my bio dad said don't say that. So I, I, I say it sometimes when I really shouldn't. But it's not bad. But it's just an idiom, which is a figure of speech, like here nor there, which means it's not really super important. Okay, going back to the show. But pumpkin spice is everywhere, but this is not a pumpkin spice episode. So if you are about to grab that little shaker of pre-blended pumpkin spice mix, back away from the pumpkin spice. This is not that recipe. For this recipe to work, okay, I need you to get over the aesthetic need for the perfect pumpkin. In fact, it will be better if you look for a meatier pumpkin than a perfect pumpkin with the thin walls. You don't really want the thin walls, you want more pumpkin meat. Open your mind because different pumpkins have different flavors too. You know, open yourself up to it because you may find that the pumpkin you carve on your porch is not the pumpkin that you like best of all. So. I I wanted to just put that out there before we got too far into the episode because I really want you to be able to open up to the irregularly shaped 
or the funny looking pumpkins because sometimes they're the tastiest of all. recipe you're gonna leave the rind on you're not gonna run around skinning your pumpkin don't skin it don't peel it off if it's got bumps so what we've all got imperfections if your pumpkin has little warts so what some people are warty doesn't make them bad people in fact it might make it even more interesting as a game to play with the stroller citizens or the pudding people the little people, your children, or other people's children, and see which one can have the most funny looking piece at dinner. You know, it depends. It depends on your temperament. Some people don't like to talk during dinner. I understand that some people keep total silence. We don't. So it's up to you. I'm not the boss of you. Do what you want to do. But, you know, maybe live a little bit sometimes. It's fall. It's the harvest. Harvest some fun. But for this recipe, you'll need three pounds of pumpkin. Yes, I know. It sounds like a lot, but it'll be okay. Next, we're going to wash that pumpkin, or pumpkins, depending on how many you had to use to get the three pounds. Remove the stem if there's any stem still attached. Wash it really well. You can use a manufactured spray like Fit or something else and clean it off by adding it to water. Or you could also just wash it yourself. Um, don't do weird things. Don't scrub it with a, a steel wool kind of scrubber. Don't Please don't do that. That's not only inappropriate, it's going too far. Just just don't. It's fine. Let it have its skin. It's part of the process. Leave the skin on. Trust me, it'll work out later. Just, just trust me. Wash it really well and then cut it. Chop it down into pieces. One of the easiest ways to do this, some people are going to tell you, well, slice along the the indentations or the tracks or the ridges. All pumpkins don't necessarily have those well-defined. I know that that's the best way for it to look for an aesthetic, but I'm gonna tell you again, you don't have to do that. Just chop it however you feel, just cut it open. And if it's too hard for you to cut it open, drop it, drop it on the floor, drop it on the ground. Uh, of course, put something under it to keep it from getting dirty, but seriously, just drop that bad boy and break it open, and then you can break the pieces into irregular bits. But they shouldn't be more than about three inches, because otherwise, it's not going to cook well. Honestly, it's better to have them two inches big, two inches long. Um, if you're cutting it, you can make it nice and even, these little chunks, but if you break it, just break it down to like maybe two or three inches wide, and it'll be fine. Just trust me, it'll be fine. seeds because I didn't have to tell you to remove the seeds, did I? I know you did. Take those seeds, rinse them off, rinse the pulp off, put the pulp in your compost and save those seeds and you can either replant them or you can roast them. 
Who doesn't love roasted pumpkin seeds? And it's also an antiparasitic. Yeah, I know, that wasn't a happy thought, but you know what? We're people, and people are humans, and humans are animals of a sort, and we can get parasites, so it's always good to have a little extra something in our bodies that can help with that, and pumpkin seeds can do that, so keep that in mind, especially if you have someone around you who eats things that may not be cooked to proper temperature. Give them a good antiparasitic treat. Ha <laughs> ha! Add the salt, but only mildly. But yeah, make sure you put your seeds to the side. Don't waste. After you've got your pumpkin pieces ready, put them to the side. That's a lot of peas. The alliteration is strong in this episode. But put all of this to the side, put your seeds somewhere else, and get ready to make your syrup. Now for the syrup, you're going to need the piloncillo, the piloncillo. And what that is, is the hard little cones you see in the Mexican grocery stores or the South American grocery stores. They look like tiny packed brown sugar, but they're actually not because brown sugar in the US is usually white sugar with molasses added to make it brown. But this is not that. This is actually cane sugar that was processed, the juice squeezed out, boiled, and then it reduces down and becomes this hard, hard piece of basically sugar. It's a, it's a form of sugar, but it is not brown sugar. It's a lot more intense. If you've had it, you'll know. I can't explain it without you having it, but think of it like a really more rich, more bold flavor than regular sugar. Closer to brown sugar, but really not. You have to try it to, to really understand it. I'm not trying to be dismissive. It's just different. It's kind of like trying to explain sugarcane to someone who's only had bamboo in their, in their life, in their area. If they've never eaten anything but bamboo, I can't explain sugarcane pro properly. But if you can't get it, don't worry about it because you can substitute molasses in this recipe. It's fine. It'll work just fine. You do not have to use this. You can always make a substitution and no one's going to judge you because why would they? This is going to be great. This is going to be absolutely wonderful. So you get yourself about one and a half to two pounds of piloncillo, piloncillo. and um, it's going to be really good. And I'm really about to make your head flip around a little bit, you're going to need a couple of real large cinnamon sticks, not cassia, because what most of us get here in the United States is not real cinnamon. You want Mexican cinnamon. It's different. So go to the Mexican grocery store, and when you're getting your piloncillo, get your Mexican cinnamon sticks because it will make a difference. If you can't get it, yes, you can use our cinnamon sticks. It's absolutely fine, but this is the recipe I was given, so that's what I'd recommend. Alright, here comes my favorite spice, 
clothe. I love clothes. Um, get yourself about seven or eight clothes. If you're not a clove lover, I mean, I like clove. I like mine really bold. If you want to go a little light-handed, then go to about four or six. Cut it in half. But put them in. They should be whole cloves, too. Put this into your pot. Not with the pumpkin yet. Not yet. Then you're also going to add some. Now, in this recipe, it says star anise. Some of us don't like licorice. It's just the thing. But you're supposed to put it in there. I, You can put it in. I like cardamom. I'm going to throw some cardamom in there because I want that extra flavor. I'm going to put like two or three pods in there and then you're supposed to put in about two cups of water and then that's it. You're going to heat this up on low because you're making a simple, well it's not simple, but you're going to make a sugar syrup and you're going to just keep on cooking it slow and low. Make sure it's on low and simmering down. You're going to stir it every once in a while because what does sugar do? It tries to stick. It tries to burn. So keep your eye on it and just stir it every little once in a while. It's going to take about, I don't know. I mean, it depends. I would say it's probably going to take about 10 to 20 minutes, depending on how old your pilatino is or how, you know, how long it takes it to get hot. If you're doing this on low, it's gonna take a while. They are really hard. They are really, really hard. If it's taking a super long time, you can heat it up a little bit more, but keep in mind you don't wanna scorch it or burn it because it'll ruin the whole dish. syrup until all of the piloncillo is melted down. Once that happens, that's when you put your pumpkin in, okay? So you're not going to reduce that syrup down to like really thick or anything without the pumpkin. The pumpkin has to go in. So you're going to put that pumpkin in there and that's when you're going to wind up stirring it all up. Make sure all the pieces are coated and cover it up. Put a lid on it. Put a piece of foil on it if you don't have a lid large enough. I know that's a lot of pumpkin, but it's important for the process. And you're going to cook it for about 45 minutes. Uh, stir it at least every four or five minutes, at most 10 minutes at a time, because it's very easy for syrup to get away from us and for things to stick. Once it sticks and it burns, the taste is a little ruined. So make sure you keep a good eye on it and um, you'll know you'll know because it'll be super thick when it's ready. Again, give it about 45 minutes. Um, you might want to give it, I want to say your first look in there around at 25 minutes to see how it's doing. Keep it going. Uh, basically, you're candying mushrooms instead of candying yams. I mean, that's the best way for me to put it. And we know we're not really candying yams. We make candied yams here in the United States because they're not real yams. They're sweet potatoes. It's a different plant. Now once this is all done, turn off the heat, remove it from heat, and let it sit for about, I want to say, five minutes at least. You wouldn't want to scald your tongue because if you put super hot sugar syrup on your tongue, 
it will scald and you won't be able to take thing for at least five minutes to cool off there, bud. All right there, just calm it down. Simmer down now, simmer down. You get it? Did you get the joke? Simmer down and we were simmering our syrup. Oh, come on, that was funny. I know that was funny. It. Oh, I tried. I tried, okay, I thought it was funny. Okay, so what you've basically made here is candied pumpkin. Now, here's the question you're probably asking. Kenya, we left the rind on. Can we eat the rind? Yes. You have candied the entire piece. You can eat the rind. It's soft now. You can definitely eat it. So enjoy. Now, when you serve it, you put it in a bowl with a little bit of extra of the syrup underneath it, and you're good to go. You can serve it with, uh, I want to say, milk. You can serve it with a nice light yogurt drink. Or you can, as always, you know, I'm a big fan of it, serve it with a nice hot cup of coffee. It'll be good. You'll love it. And let me know when you try it because I think you'll enjoy it. I did tweak the recipe. I, I just need that cardamom. I need it. It's not even a want. I need that cardamom. It just does something for me. try this recipe, I hope that you will open yourself up to new experiences and new tastes. For some of you, you already eat this. You already eat it every year, as a matter of fact, around harvest time, and it's a special treat. And I really love that for you. I'm happy for you. I am now happy that I get to do it too. It's so much fun, and it is so good. Um, <clears throat> got too excited there. But I love sharing these kinds of recipes with my friends, and we're friends, right? If you can't find the cardamom, it's fine. You don't have to have it. It's okay. If you don't like star anise, it's fine. You don't have to have it. It's okay. You can alter the taste a little bit to what you like, but don't go too far off the original recipe or it actually won't be the recipe anymore. You know what I mean? I hope you try this and I hope to see you here again on my magical cottagecore life. And we have one more slow cooker recipe in the series, and then we're going to start our holiday season. <laughs>